Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right, we're back into it with Buzz Hargrove, John Turley-Ewart, and Ernie Eves. And in case you're just uh, returning to the planet, the Croatians eliminated England from the World Cup of Soccer, and they're going on to the final against France on Sunday. I was watching part of the game today. Mercifully, it didn't go into penalty kicks, but it was actually settled as a full-on soccer play. And uh, I was at the Harbor 60 at the time with my friend Mr. Nicolau, the owner. And uh, we're... (laughs) the head of the police association, Mike McCormick, happened by. And I said, by the way, that letter that's been circulating from this rank-and-file officer, did you write that, Mike? Uh, And he denied it, but that accusation has been proffered here on this show because it's a PR war and he's going after the mayor as well as the chief of police. And uh, whether that's kosher to do or not, we'll discuss in just a moment. But I did want to say, you know, uh, that's why I go there, by the way, as much for the experience is show prep at Harbor 60. I do find uh, all kinds of... Folks who wander by have uh, stories to tell. It's one of those places. I mean, there's a real dynamic there. You must experience it for yourself. Beautiful patio out back. Whether it's, you know, of course, the ambiance, the atmosphere, uh, it's all an experience. And all that parking, too, valet service. You've got the ACC. I still call it that, not the Scotiabank Arena. It's uh, the ACC forever uh, and a day. But they're right south of that, so uh, you know where it's located in the historic Toronto Harbor Commission building and uh well, it's just the experience that you have to uh, take in. Listen, let me ask you about that letter just out of curiosity because I had Chief Fantino. I guess we still refer to him as uh, he's the uh, law enforcement expert here at uh, Global News Radio. Ernie, around the horn, if you have uh, somebody in the rank and file uh, of the police service, and I'm not saying they're going rogue, but they go public with their concerns and they indict the mayor for not doing enough about guns and gangs. Is that insubordination or do you think that's just speaking truth to power? Well, I think it's certainly somebody's strong point of view and probably not just one individual. I think there's probably many members of the Toronto Police Services that probably share those opinions. I don't know that that makes it a fact, though. I don't know that it makes it true. I it's a it's a dicey issue isn't it now that the the chief is saying that he's going to look into this and have a an investigation under the act to see if this person should be disciplined or not so are police officers not allowed to speak their mind if they think they see something going on that they think is improper um it's a dicey question i don't know the answer to it but because uh, i don't know what the facts are well, yeah, you know, it's funny because, uh, go ahead, John, I mean, is this insubordination? Well, I would say it, it's definitely a reflection of frustration within the police force. And, and, and I think uh, that's the way I would look at it if I was working in the media today. What, why is there this kind of frustration where this is bubbling up? Is this an issue with the chief and the way he's managing the police force? I mean, I certainly don't think that's a good thing when you have, you know, these are folks who walk around with guns and have the right to use them under certain circumstances in our society. And you're, they're expected to behave in a certain way, and they're also expected to respect the chain of command. So, I mean, this suggests to me that that chain of command, by some anyways, is being questioned, and, and there's frustration bubbling up. And, and the reason is, why is that? And what, what's going on within the police force and its management that that kind of frustration is, is being reflected in these kinds of letters? 
By the way, as a member of the association, this is why I asked McCormick, he's the president of Buzz, you understand the union dynamic. Uh, I did say to him, did you write the letter? You know, this sounds to me like a concerted effort uh, where maybe there's a PR campaign being waged rather than one officer. Buzz would never do that. You would, Buzz. (laughs) And I I don't believe Mike McCormick uh, did either. This this is a very senior police officer. I believe he had 28 years. Yep. And he's been held almost every rank in the police department. I believe he's absolutely entitled to speak out if he thinks there's something wrong. We take criticism from all over every day uh, in some parts of our political system and parts of our our life. And why should the police be so different? Right? Uh, I could see if they were insubordinate, said, look, we're not doing this. Unless you hire another 100 constables or something, that would be insubordination. That would be worthy of investigation, but not a letter written by a senior police officer. Well, you know, uh, McCormick was also telling me that, you know, officers do get disciplined for various and sundry. There was an officer in his patrol car going down a laneway. This was a number of years back. And he saw a guy outside the back of the Persian rug company, and he was using a tennis racket, and he was beating on it and beating it on it. The cop rolls down his window and says, you still can't get that thing started? And uh, cost him three days' pay. That's what he told me. <laughs> so I guess this is something that uh, in the age of social media, you got to be careful when they come and uh, call you out. And that's all that's happened here. He's just been a victim of social media. Well, he's going to have a police internal investigation. You don't think that's fair, Buzz? Well, no, he, he, I, I, I don't think the the issue warrants a police investigation. He was very open. He released the, the letter. He didn't do it and try to hide it. Uh, so I don't see what the investigation is for other than to say the police officers have no say uh, about what happens within their department. I think that's absolutely wrong. All right. Uh, let me move on to some other stuff here, because, uh, you know, late uh, it was earlier this week, Bombardier, uh, who developed this C-series of planes. Uh, then they got bought out, I guess, by uh, Airbus in France. Airbus has now rebranded it yesterday, the A220, and they've got orders. They're saying for like uh, thousands of these planes over the next 20 years. Bombardier, that was your shop, wasn't it, Buzz? We had uh, we represented Bombardier here at uh, uh, in Toronto at Downsview, and in Montreal at their main headquarters. We have a big plant uh, there as uh, as well. I think it was a good move. They really needed to get funding, and it was pretty clear that they weren't going to be able to get it from the banks and that. And so to sell a portion of it to Airbus and have Airbus take the responsibility for new development and all that, and to use uh, the marketing arm of uh, Airbus, which stretches around the world to sell it, I think has proven to be uh, to be good for the uh, the company and the workers. All right. Well, all this development going forward, but what about all the development that took place leading up to it? The R&D, the Canadian taxpayer subsidized, John? Well, I mean, let's not call it a sale. I believe it, they were given it for a buck. Um, I believe that's what it is. I would call it the Merci beaucoup, Monsieur Trudeau uh, deal. Because... Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize we're doing a bilingual show all of a sudden. Uh, you know, there's no question that Canadian taxpayers have put millions and millions of dollars into funding R&D uh, into this company. And at the end of this entire process, what ends up happening is that money and the benefit of it gets transferred over to Airbus. Airbus has no obligation to hold jobs in Canada. And if there's particular tariffs that go up around the aerospace industry that Trump puts in place, what do you think Airbus is going to do? Remember, there's an American company called Pratt & Whitney. Right. They got twice as much research and development money as uh, as Bombardier, and I don't believe in that. As Bombardier, a Canadian, yeah, I don't, you know, uh, I, company received, and Bombardier paid back every penny through jobs 
paychecks and taxes paid and by, remember when by we the pick, workforce and corporate taxes. You and I don't really agree on this because when taxpayers start picking winners and losers, that means one business gets taxed in order to support another business, and that's just not right. Okay, we, we, we were able to keep highly skilled jobs uh, in our country because of the uh, research and development arm of the government that supported the aerospace industry. It's one of their, our greatest success stories outside of auto. But now it's disappearing. No, it's not. Oh, well, let's see. Let's, Ten years from now, let's see what happens. Maybe maybe under new ownership, there may be a new a flag outside the, the door, but that doesn't necessarily mean less jobs. Well, Ernie, what's your take here? Do you think it was like failed corporate welfare? Well, I, there's no doubt that John has a point. I mean, Canadian taxpayers have given probably hundreds of millions, if not into the billions, uh, to Bombardier over the years, uh, Quebec government, the federal government, all kinds of governments. And that's well and good, I guess, if, if you believe that there should be this aeronautics industry in Canada, that's fine. But when you go to sell the thing, then shouldn't there be some money coming back to the people that gave it in the first place? That, that That's my point. I mean, Buzz has raised similar points when he's talked about uh, – Trains and and tra- you know uh, subway cars being made here. American company comes and takes it over. Uh, they shift the jobs south of the border. And what happens to the money? Shouldn't they have to pay it back? Well, I would suggest that maybe the same thing should happen here. All right. Again, yeah. Bombardier still got major operations in Canada, providing thousands of jobs, and they buy uh, parts. They have a very very broad uh, parts supplier. A chain that they put a lot of people to work and highly skilled jobs. So but, but, we but, didn't get taken to the cleaners is what you're saying. No, I don't believe we have. I, I don't think the C-Series would have got off the ground any further than it had if we hadn't had somebody come along like Airbus. If you can always question should it have been Airbus or Boeing. Either way, it's a company outside our board. A white knight, John. No. So so here's the thing is that Bombardier uh, shares uh, pay dividends uh, and we were throwing money, taxpayer money into that company and those dividends were being paid out. There wasn't any, I would call one of the biggest problems with Bombardier is they, they did not seem to manage that business very well. And, as, and the, one of the reasons you could argue for that is because they always had cap in hand and someone in, in Ottawa or, or Quebec City willing to throw money into that because it was seen as a way of keeping your popularity going in, in Quebec in order to maintain the industry. But at the same time, that money goes in your pocket, and then you're paying out to the to dividend and shareholders uh, that cash. There was The management was not what it should have been. I don't been. think the Bombardier shareholders have enjoyed much in terms of returns over the years. And it's just now, I heard this morning, uh, they're now at a 10-year high of their stock. It's the first increase they've had in... In years, so I don't think the shareholders have been overly. But how did they do that? They generous. handed away a, 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 a part of the company that Canadian taxpayers they firmed up a lot of jobs. Had had, had has, has put tons of money into. All right, let's come back. Uh, there's another issue that involves uh, well, the single taxpayer. Even though you've got three levels of government grossing over who picks up the tab. In a moment, we'll get to that with Buzz, Ernie, and John on the Oakley Show, Global News Radio, six forty Toronto.